broadcasting from theplottiespodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining Beyond the Movement, the Plotties podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. Today, we're going to be talking with John Domenico. John is a nationally renowned instructor of Hatha Yoga. I attended a workshop back in February with him and was highly influenced And some of the words that he had used is that it's the experience that matters. And I thought these were so profound, and it really has influenced my Pilates teaching. I find that Pilates can tend to be, you know, we're a little, the preciseness is really important, and the technique is really important, but sometimes I feel like, you know, maybe um, uh, my students may not be getting the experience that they could be experiencing. I really do feel that our body has more intelligence than sometimes we give it credit for. And and if we can let go into it, then we can really let our body show us what uh, the preciseness is. And and I had this revelation also uh, a few months ago as well, but but working with John, it kind of helped to really uh, help me embody that. So... In this interview, we talk um, a nice heart-to-heart talk about the teaching and the experience that's important for our students. So here is, uh, here's John. Thank you, John, for joining us for today's show. It's a pleasure to have you on my show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Heidi, and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, John, I invited you on the show because when I was at your workshop in February, I was really moved by you, and I was also extremely moved by the experience I had with you. And one of the main things that I was really moved about that we're going to talk about in today's show is when you had said that it's the experience that matters. And I just thought that was extremely profound, and I think it's something that some of us in the Pilates community can really um, take from and really experience the movement and maybe not get so hung up sometimes by some of the rules that we have put upon ourselves. But we'll get to that. But first of all, thanks again for um, being on my show. But I want to talk about you first and, and tell me tell me about yourself. Okay. I'm, um, I'm a resident right now of Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up on a farm. Uh, I had an incredible childhood and... Um, you know, I went to college and went in the service, etc. And I got into the corporate world um, back in the uh, in the seventies. And um, about fifteen years ago, I walked into a a yoga class, not by accident. Somebody had gifted me a membership, and I uh, I went to this yoga class, which was called Bikram Yoga, and I had what's known as an epiphany. I literally woke up in uh, about fifty five minutes, and uh, the wake up was so profound that I I made a statement. I just said I want to share this uh, this gift with other people, and uh, I didn't know how profound that statement was, and. Little did I know that within six months I was teaching yoga. Within a year I quit my job. A year and a half I was able to um, open up a studio. Two years at a TV program. And then I met someone in the fitness industry who uh, had also studied yoga with Amrit Desai back in the 70s. And uh, she had an organization that went into the fitness industry and offered uh, credentials so people could teach so I was given the opportunity, not by accident, to be the person to share the yoga. And I guess what the greatest 
paradox is around this is that most people in the fitness industry think that yoga is uh, another form of exercise. Uh, and what I really share with people in my workshops who are in the fitness industry that you know yoga is really a lifestyle. Um, it's it's not so much about standing on your head as much as it is about how you live your life. And so the real gift for me is to be able to share information and actually change somebody's life. And that's what I do. That's wonderful. And so how long have you now been doing yoga? Fifteen years. So Fifteen years. Yeah, this lifetime. Yeah, this lifetime. <laughs> and how, is, how has yoga changed your life in those 15 years? Oh, wow. Uh, how long is this interview? <laughs> as long as you want it to be. <laughs> no, <I'm really> <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess the, the, real, the real shift or the uh, evolution for me is that I really uh, found out that um, that if someone is willing, i.e. myself, to listen to their heart rather than their ego, uh, profound changes occur. Uh, and one of the ironies is that uh, the heart usually speaks in a very soft voice in a whisper. And uh, before most people can listen to the truth that their heart has to share, they have to really experience some type of trauma in their lives. And, uh, you know, and I went through a lot of them. And uh, what, what I was able to really do was to surface uh, with my head way above the water. And, um, I mean, I had everything 15 years ago you could actually imagine as far as on paper. I mean, if you, if you put my life and, you know, everything I had on paper, you know, I, would, I was living the dream, quote, unquote. And then I did this yoga class and found out that I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't aware of anything. And the law, I guess, of attraction is, is that before you can let it all go, you can't really uh, have anything. So what I had tangibly 15 years ago, I gave it all away, and now I have, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's no explanation for what I have now as far as abundance. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so the changes come from knowing that... Um, there's more than you could ever imagine out there, and what you have to do is just be open to uh, not the, the constant mantra of what you don't want in your life, but what you do want in your life. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, when did when did Pilates come into your life? Actually, the, the well, I mean, I've I've been aware. I've I've I was aware of Pilates uh, exercise 20 years ago before I even got into yoga, mm -hmm. and. Um, but what I understood about Pilates, way, even way back then, was that the real essence of it, as far as I could see, was it needed to be done on a machine, on a reformer. Um, and so, at the time, they were very expensive, so they weren't, uh, <laughs> it wasn't practical at the time. And then three years ago, I got into it because it was a lot easier to... Uh, attract an audience for me three years ago mm -hmm. um, you know, to give people that experience. Right. And so with your Pilates experience and attracting this audience, have you seen some similarities uh, or some things that you've liked about Pilates that have also enhanced your yoga experience at all? Oh, absolutely. I um, 
you know, one of the things that I'm real sure of is that he was a genius, uh, even though he maybe didn't have the credentials. Uh, and uh, I feel he was way ahead of his time with his with his understanding of how uh, the core of the body is is is, is everything. Um, and just like in yoga, though the paradox is that a lot of people get stuck in the dogma of 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 the modality of the practice rather than the experience of the practice. So they get stuck on um, too much of the of what's written down, and then they actually give up the opportunity to really understand what it has to offer. And what I noticed that, that he had to offer was, uh, and I'm pretty sure he used the word controlology, was that the mind, body, and the spirit need to always be in the same space in order to have a result. Absolutely, yes. You know, and, <laughs> and most most formats of of whatever you want to label it in the West, as far as uh, fitness are concerned, is that... Uh, they're they're really guilt ridden, right? <laughs> and you cannot really experience what the practice has to offer if if there's any guilt attached to it whatsoever. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know with my experience that sometimes because Pilates has been um, very precise, which is a wonderful discipline, I think at times in my teaching. I had the the potential or uh, capacity to sometimes take them too much into their into their intellect and not enough into their body and and I've always prided myself in taking them through a journey and and I would be really great with imagery but then all of a sudden the class would almost sometimes stop kind of dead in its tracks yeah. because I was trying to explain you know this real uh, detailed thing you know in their body and and i've i've i really learned that the movement itself can teach you and sometimes the words from the teacher doesn't have to be there as much as sometimes we think it has to be and right. so the precision can happen through the experience rather than the words but the words can be guiding the student rather than locking them in their in their mind and right. I know I um I, I talked about this in my last podcast, but and I have also I had an experience with Mary Bowen. She's an elder of Joe Pilates and and this is when I think my eyes started to open up a little bit more about her her um motto is think spine, not mind. And I think that was the first time that mm. I really felt the for me, I really felt this unleashing that happened in my body and this really letting go of the of the of the part of myself that was the judgmental part so kind of like what you're saying is that you know wrong versus right and i yeah. and i found that the more i let go the more right it became and so with that i've been on this journey in my teaching as as well as you know, letting my clients really let go and I would talk about it and I would teach it, but then I would still occasionally get myself hung back up into the preciseness of, you know, yeah. what am I trying to teach them here? 
And so mm. when I heard the words from you, it's the experience that matters. It was like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders that it's not my experience, it's theirs. Exactly. It's the student's experience. <laughs> I'm not responsible for their experience other than guiding them and having them take it as they take it and doing the best I can through the mm. guiding system. But I, you know, I felt like I had this big weight lifted off my shoulders that that is it. The movement is what can teach you mm. more. And of course, as teachers, we have to be knowledgeable, but we also be also have to be knowledgeable to be able to guide them through the movement so they can have that experience. And I think that I finally, um, you know, on this journey I've been as a teacher, I finally found, I've always been on this quest of finding the the balance between smooth and flowing movement and precision. And I always felt like I could get one, but not as much of the other. And so now I feel like with in my, where I am in my teaching right now, and it's always a journey for me, and, and that's why I love it so much. But I feel like that now that I've I've got that motto of it's the experience that matters. It also is the same thing as I'm teaching that day. It's the experience of teaching that matters. And if I wasn't 100% at my best that day, I did the best I could that day. And, and the biggest thing is that we all had an experience together and we shared the experience and we had a good time at it. So there doesn't have to be any of that judgment there are no rules, you know, as far as there, you know, we don't have to have well, judgment well, you there, know, you, you know. I think you, you absolutely, you know, kind of, you know, hit the mark right there with that last statement. Mm -hmm. There aren't any, uh, and yet we have created rules that have deterred most humans from having any kind of an experience whatsoever, especially children. Mm -hmm. Because... As children, we literally um, are always on guard as to whether we're doing something right or wrong because we're led to believe that we're not perfect. Right. It's the right or wrong that actually um, eliminates the possibility of having an experience because, um, and that's what we do. So when we go into a class and we interrupt the flow of intelligence because mm -hmm. of this fear around the fact that you know, am I doing it right or wrong, uh, then you can't have an experience. Right. And then what you, what you actually do is you create so much resistance around not having the experience and trying to do it right that, you know, it might look good, but there's no expression of, uh, of feeling whatsoever. Right, absolutely. Uh, other than maybe, you know, discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what I what I've learned in this practice and with sharing and and actually receiving at the same time is that the greatest gift any human can be given is to just be themselves. And if they're given permission to actually have that experience, then the unfolding of their true potential becomes absolute rather than, you know, fabricated or synthetic. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what's really key um, is, uh, you know, is to let that unfold without, without, you know, without your judgment, without your correcting and without, you know, the stuff that you think is right because um, that doesn't work for them. No. Well, I think there's, I think one of the keywords here too is a guiding versus um, judging. 
I mean, if yeah. we could use that, you know, as far as a teacher, we can guide them through their body in a way that is, um, I want to say precise, but I can't think of another word, but it is, you know, in the way that you would like for them to experience the movement. Yeah. But the biggest thing is that there's no judgment behind it. You're just guiding them and their interpretation of that can, you know, can be their own interpretation of it. And But what I have found is that when you as a teacher can let go, then the student can let go. And what happens is that they do look beautiful and they are doing uh-huh. the yeah. movement more beautifully than they were mm-hmm. five minutes before yeah. when or last class when you were trying to get them to do it so right exactly. that all of a sudden they couldn't do anything right because they were so yeah. stuck. And and so I, I just, you know, I had this epiphany yeah, around letting go, you know. I have a training in a thing called yoga rhythmics and what it is, it's, it's a form of trance dancing or Nia or, you know, dance. I mean, there's a lot of labels and what it truly is, is just giving yourself permission in any given moment to express the way your body wants to move the way it wants to move. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most of us, again, about the right and wrong, it's all about the choreography and a lot of people will just sit on the sidelines uh, rather than get up and move because they don't feel that they know what they're doing. Right, right. You know, and uh, and that that's that's the downfall of most regimens as far as exercise. Mm-hmm. The people really get, lo- I mean, they get t- so turned off in it because they can never express themselves. Right. You know, they're always having to look like a calendar or be what the person leading the class is telling them what to do. Exactly. It doesn't work for everybody. Like, I know Yogi Bhajan, who brought Kundalini Yoga to the West, you know, one of his statements was, you know, when you, when you lead a group of people from your mind, you become an individual. But when you teach from your heart, you're universal. Mm-hmm. So then you know, everybody can understand what you're speaking about. Uh, you know, and there's no dogma attached to it. Well, I think teaching in general is a real journey and it's a real learning experience for us as teachers because we really do have to face these things within ourselves so that we can, We, I mean, in order to teach from your heart, you really have to let go. And I think the whole letting go is a process, of course, And but it's it's a beautiful process because you really can get to that point of completely standing there in front of your class and having this complete sense of love and adoration for your clients. Mm, And you're really teaching from the best place possible. And I can speak for myself that I do believe I have arrived there. Um, I know that I'm excited about the rest of my journey and what that's, what's going to Mm, unfold because I have arrived there, but there was a process to get there. And, and it's, and I, there was many times I can tell you honestly that I would leave my studio being so hard on myself that I would actually leave crying at the yes. end of the night because yeah. I felt like I just failed my clients. And right. I finally have realized that I, mean, I don't do that anymore. You know, I, I really can go in and, and because That's I'm, beautiful. I had to go through myself in order to be, in order to teach from my heart, I had to go through those many layers myself and, and get rid of that judgment of myself and. I think in a lot of ways realize that I was a, I knew I was a great teacher because of because of the label of the education that I received. I had all the intellect there, but right. the delivery of it it you know to, in order to deliver mm. right from the perfect place and 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 the 
heartfelt place is what I always desired. And so the process to get to that point was a, it's a big, it was a big journey for me. Yeah. And again, you've really, you know, you hit the mark there is that there are so many people, uh, especially in the, in the fitness industry who have a credential, but who have not given themselves permission to be a student. Right. Therefore, there's no way they can, uh, you know, give the information and share it with anyone else because they haven't had a willingness to to share it with themselves. Absolutely. You well, know, I so think, until, you're, yeah. until you're a student, you cannot be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you are the student, the teacher shows up. So. Exactly. Well, I think it's it's really um, important too to. Well, I guess I, you know, I, I, what I try to teach my students is that they can also that they can find the teacher within themselves. That we're all our own teacher, and that I'm just guiding them to find that, you know, to Mm -hmm. find their own teacher within, so that they do have the confidence to go home and be able to perform these movements because they can. There's no, there are no rules saying that they can't, and. And I think even right now in the Pilates community, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of rules in the sense that, you know, I think that if if we can all just realize that it's the experience that really matters and that we're all right, <laughs> that we can yeah, all be Katie, just, you're so, you know, you're so correct. Yeah. The misfortune that we have is that practices like yoga mm-hmm. and lattes um, are from one of the premises that I use when I teach is that there's it's called the acronym is CWR but it's crawl walk run mm-hmm. and for most people especially in in our society the crawl stage is uh, rather than jump on a machine and try to do a sun salutation you know, they need to really sit down and take an assessment of where they are in their lives as far as, uh, you know, their abilities to do certain things and then accept that and move from the beginning. Mm-hmm. The beginning for most people is just, first of all, you got to change your diet. Right. So you can't... <laughs> You can't be getting core strength until you make some shifts in your diet mm-hmm. and your thought process. You know, what are you what are you actually watching on the, you know on the television? And then you need to start to walk and breathe. Right. Quiet. Yeah, so but most people in the West, because of instant gratification, aren't willing to start there. So what they do is they jump right into the middle or the end of something and they really end up hurting themselves. Yes. And and mostly all of what they're doing is mindless because the mind is not even anywhere near the exercise. Right. Um, well, so I... when I so when I learned the term, you know, in, or, or, or experience is that only the experience matters. Is that it? Truly, is because that just shifts from second to second. I mean, it could be the same thing. I mean, the ego could appraise it and say, "Well, I've done this over and over again," but the body doesn't recognize it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, if you give yourself permission just to listen to the experience, like it's so profound that it's it's actually moving. Absolutely. Um, but again, we've got a judge and we've got a victim in our mind. You know, there's a judgment and there's a victim. So we actually negate the possibility of ever having an experience. We had it one time in our lives. We had a judgment about it. And then we just, you know, from then on, uh, it's only about the judgment. 
Well, um, one of the first things I start with with my clients is is bringing them into a deep sense of awareness, and I take them through. I always call it pre Pilates work, and we spend the first, you know, the first time, you know, we we really we do a lot of you know pre Pilates work because it is, you know, that crawl stage. You know, they have to have an awareness of who they are at least, like you said, at that present time. They have to at least feel their body if they've never known what it feels like to just feel the bench underneath their bottom. You know, how are they going to be able to to move? that bottom with any awareness. So they have to know what it feels like to, to stand on the floor. They have to know what it feels like to lay on the, on the table. They have to, so I take them through all these different positions and I have them really experience the feeling of, of what they're feeling. And then I take them into uh, what is the core and I take them through a lot of imagery and, and they go, well, this isn't, and some of them are thinking, well, what I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm not moving yet. And I say, well, you have to have, you have to have a sense of awareness first before you can move in mind body work. You can't just move. (laughs) Otherwise it's just like any other movement out there. It's, you know, it's kind of, uh, unintelligent movement or just on mind or, you know, mindless movement. So, so I take them through that and, 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 um, you know, but sometimes when they go, if they go to a gym, that's when they, they kind of jump right into the middle of of all that because they don't get that experience a lot of times of of having to to just be aware of self first. Now I'm not saying right. I'm not saying that generally because there's a lot of great teachers out there who do teach in gyms who are out there with that calling of giving people that self awareness first and and everything. I'm just saying that most of the time you if you you see some people can can kind of jump right in you know, in the gym atmosphere. Yeah, and it's 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 up to you know it's up to the person who's actually sharing the information as to whether or not the student has the experience. I mean, right. That, that's what the key is. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, yeah, passion is obviously the, the greatest pa- platform. Uh, you know, and the misfortune in a lot of arenas is that. Passion is not the platform for the person, you know, leading the class. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there's another whole another agenda, um, and therefore the student is never going to uh, evolve because um, you know it's it's it has nothing to do with them. It's just about the, the person that's being compensated for the class. Right. Right. So, you know, that, and that's why I always, you know, use the difference between whether you want to be a teacher or an instructor. I mean, it's not a right or wrong. It's just choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, teachers, you know, usually have 50 people in their class and instructors have five. Right. So, you know, right. it's not rocket science. Yeah. Well, I think I think one of the, the main themes is just that in order to be to be teaching from the heart is to go through the journey or walk through the fire yourself exactly to get to that so that you can share that experience and 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 the ones who have the resistance around whether to let the student evolve on their own and let them have an experience are the ones that just as jesus said have not had a willingness to go through the fire themselves so uh, until you do that it's really really difficult and almost impossible Mm -hmm. uh, to let a student have an experience because you haven't given yourself permission to have one. Exactly, exactly. Permission, I think, is a great 
word for it, permission to have an experience, to let go and not have, not put yourself, not to put yourself in this box of rules that is only your perception of, of, of what you've put yourself into there. Exactly. And it's like any belief system, you know, and if, if, if you've given yourself permission to believe that it's so, um, by what you've read or the notions you've been given by other people mm-hmm. and not ever had the experience, then uh, that's the dilemma. Right, right. And and it, just as you said, and, I, and I, I, I honor you, and I think this is wonderful, is that there are so many people out there who are trying to uh, impart information to other humans and they have not had the experience themselves. And it's it's not, you, you, you can't do that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what happens almost every day in uh, you know in a classroom for children. Right. Um, so. Well, getting back to <laughs> Pilates and yoga and how yeah. they <laughs> yeah. right. how they it's just so it's so fun when we get you know when we just keep <laughs> going. It's just it's yeah. you know yeah. this is this is the fun part. But in general, I, I do have a question on. This is this is the burning question I have, and I'm just going to go ahead and put out there okay. is, right. is, do you feel like Pilates, does Pilates have the potential to get to uh, this place where, I don't know, where we can, where we really can just all get along? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> does yoga get along? I mean, I don't know. It's just, you well, know, is there is the, there a place the that... Bank. Yeah. To be very frank with you, right. no. I, I yeah. probably would say that the yoga community has just as much um, resistance because of, of dogma. I mean, there are people, you know, who pretend to practice, mm-hmm. uh, who make it really, really, really um, uh, not not a not a great uh, experience. Because right. uh, so, I would say. Um, that the real essence of both the practices, whether it's yoga or Pilates, uh, is that in, and I keep using this term, in Mm -hmm. the West. Sure. I don't know, uh, you know, I'm not trying to put a plug in, but we as um, human doings Mm -hmm. right now are pumping like 70 million tons of CO2 into the air every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, that's immoral, so to speak, and it's a crime because, you know, this planet can't handle it. And if you, if you want to reduce the metaphor, when you take somebody who's curious and is a seeker and they walk into a space um, seeking information and what they get is, you know, 70 million tons of CO2 thrown back at them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty appalling. Yes. And so, and I think that's what happens is that a lot of people who are sharing this type of information, whether it's Pilates, yoga, Tai Chi, or whatever, um, aren't coming from their hearts. They're not willing to give the student permission just to be who they are. They want them to be who they think they should be. Right. And uh, and it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what label you put on the modality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be called lots of things. Absolutely. Uh, just the person that's sharing the information is 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 the key. And 
if they've actually, as you have obviously, given themselves permission to get on the path, wake up and find out who they are. It's called self-actualization, and that's where it begins. Absolutely. Well, it's 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 a it's an amazing process, and it's it's fun and and hard at the same time. And oh yeah, oh, I wouldn't yeah. want to change. Well, like you, I wouldn't want to change the it. metaphor going through the fire. It's, yes, it's, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but, you know, the beauty of what's on the other side of that ring of fire, though, is freedom. And that's what we're all looking for. Absolutely. And I think one of the other messages here is that, like you said, no matter what label it is, whether it's Pilates or yoga or Tai Chi or anything that we're doing, the biggest thing is that what we're trying to help other people do is is to wake up and also be themselves and, and, and go through the journey yeah. and... Yeah, and, and Heidi, if I may, and not yes. to sound way maybe too far off the, you know, and I'm sure it's not, but I just mm -hmm. want to put in a little bit of a disclaimer. Sure. Um, there was a documentary that what came out, and it actually came from Colorado. I'm sure most of the listeners are aware of it. It was called, you know, What the Bleep Do We Know? And then the sequel is Down the Rabbit Hole. Yes. Um, but there was so much information in there, it's so powerful, but there's also a gentleman, he, his name is uh, Ruiz, who wrote a book called The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is essential for anyone who wants to transcend, rebalance, become whole, get healthy, uh, and actually live life the way it's supposed to be lived, is that you have to love yourself, yes. you know, unconditionally, not other people, but yourself. And until you're able to love yourself unconditionally, it's it's almost impossible, you know, to uh, to evolve. Absolutely. And the misfortune is, children were led to believe that you know that we're not worthy of loving ourselves. And it's not anybody's fault. You know, it's just a mantra that we've adopted and subscribed to. And um, so, again, going back to whether you call it Pilates, Tai Chi, um, Feldenkrais, I don't, it doesn't matter what the label, because at the basic essence of all these modalities is just giving yourself permission to be who you are at any given moment that you're, that you're here. Absolutely. Well, John, you are a beautiful person, and you have... A wonderful message, and, and Heidi, I was truly moved by you. <laughs> Heidi, remember this, okay? The yes. world is a mirror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wonderful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just a reflection of who you are. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I'm honored, and I, you know, um, uh, you know, and having just spent that short time with you, I know you are just a gift to all your students and everything, and uh, uh they should realize how lucky they are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll remind them of that. <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, John, um, thanks so much for spending this time with me. And, and if somebody wanted to contact you, if they have any questions for you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I have an 800 number. Mm -hmm. It's 800 853 7307. Okay. Or and, if they'd like, they could email me. Okay, and what's that? Uh, it's J D E M I 
N-I-C-O at msn.com. Okay. Which is my first initial and last name. Right. And then your website is is what? Is new N-E-W Paradigm P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M fitness.com. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, John. I really appreciate you doing this interview I, with I, me. And truly, I, believe me, I, it's been a gift for me, and I was honored. And uh, hopefully, we can do it again. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again for listening to the podcast and for this interview. Um, please feel free to contact me at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepladiespodcast.com. Also, you can visit John's website at www.newparadigmfitness.com, and we'll have that in the show notes as well. And um, also just wanted to let you all know that it'll be just a few weeks before I put another podcast out. My husband, uh, who is also my producer, is going on a trip to Mount Everest. And uh, if you want to track his expedition, you can go to tibet2007.therestofeverest.com. Also, if you want to see his last expedition in 2003 and his experience there, it's a video podcast. You can go to therestofeverest.com. So it'll be just about three to four weeks before you um, hear another podcast from me. But I would love to hear from you. Send those emails over and... uh, Just want to say thanks to all of you who are listening, and I look forward to talking with you next time. I'm your host, Heidi Miller.